Bonjour. Welcome to episode two of the Good Life France podcast. I'm Janine Marsh, editor of the website and magazine, The Good Life France. Everything you want to know about France and more. I'm originally from London, but I now live in the middle of nowhere, rural northern France with husband and 45 animals. 45 animals. Not sure how you do it, Janine. <laughs> <laughs> One is already a lot of work to me. I can't imagine doing what I'm already doing for my cat times 44. Bonjour Janine, bonjour to you dear listener, it's uh, episode 2 indeed, packed with uh, stories, tips, information about France and also a fantastic guest I can't wait to hear about, but that's for a bit later. Patience. The Good Life Francis podcast, everything you want to know about France and more with Janine Marsh and Olivier Geoffrey. So Janine, what sort of week have you had in France? It's been a pretty good week. My neighbour, Jean-Claude, popped in for a chat as usual. He's known as Mr. Patou by everyone in the village. Patou means everywhere. He's a bit nosy, so he wanders around looking over fences and knocking on doors so he can be invited in for a gossip and a glass of wine or a beer. <laughs> of course. Yeah, of course. Anyway, this time of the year is when we get lots of spiders coming in the house, and I really hate them. And I know that they are going to be people in Australia and other parts of the world who are going to laugh at me because I shriek when I see them and run away. They're not even poisonous, and I'm about 100 times bigger. But I still don't like them. And uh, the spiders just, I think they're trying to avoid the tractors because it's the last of the harvest. And I once told John Claude that I hate them. And he thinks it's really odd because he really likes them. He lets them run about all over his arms and hands. Disgusting. But he told me that this time of the year is spider mating season. And I've got to be honest, it does not help me to deal with my phobia very much. Then he said he wondered if spiders have thoughts. You know, can they think? And we were sitting in the kitchen having a chin wag, which is uh, English for a chat. And my cat, Tigger, who thinks she's a kitten, was running about under the table, chasing a spider at the time, as it happens. And it made me think that actually, I'm pretty sure spiders must have thoughts because otherwise, how can they weave webs? You've got to think about it in some way. But I'm not so sure about Tigger because she fell off the windowsill and ran across the room at that point. And John Claude said, I can't do French very well, Olivier, but he said she has an une araignée au plafond. Oh, yes, I know that one, yeah. <laughs> Apparently it means she's got a spider on the ceiling. Yes, literally, yeah. Literally, but what you mean is she's got a bit of a screw loose, which uh, he thought it was really clever to come up with that one, seeing as she was chasing a spider at the time. And uh, I thought about telling him that we say for the same thing, that we, she's got a bat in the belfry. But seeing as uh, there are bats in the belfries around here, I thought we probably wouldn't get the joke in that one. <laughs> but then he said, and I don't know if you've ever heard this before, but he said, it's a good thing that we saw that spider because it's lucky. And I didn't know what he was talking about. So I looked it up. And apparently in France, if you see a spider in the morning, it's a sign of grief. And if you see one at noon, it means joy. And if you see one in the evening, it means hope. And uh, it was afternoon when we were having this conversation, not quite evening. So in between joy and hope, which I have to agree with because we were having a very nice glass of wine at the time. But did you know that spiders bring luck, Olivia? Is it something you used to consider when you were living in France and saw a spider and thought, Ooh, bit of luck coming my way. Nope, nope, never, ever. That's actually the first time ever I'm uh, hearing this, Janine. <laughs> <laughs> I learned so much about my own country in our, in our podcast. We should have started it years ago. I would be so knowledgeable by now about my uh, own country. But no, never. First time. Well, you live and learn. There you go. Anyone who hates spiders like me, if you see a spider, it's not such a bad thing. It could bring you luck. 
So now it's almost time for our special guest interview. So Janine, who do we have joining us today? Please tell us. Well, today we're absolutely thrilled to have Olivier Giraud on the show. He is a comedian, he is an author, and he's a legend. He's a man who makes people roll off their seats laughing in the pack theatre he plays to in Paris with his one-man show. He's a Parisian, and he's taught more than one million people how to be a Parisian too in just one hour. And if your parents taught you to grow up to be a kind person with values such as politeness and punctuality, well, forget all that, because if you want to be a Parisian, says Olivier, you just can't do that. His brilliantly fun show, How to Become a Parisian in One Hour, at the Théâtre des Nouveaux at Boulevard Poissonnière in the 9th arrondissement, which is a district in Paris, is an absolute essential Paris visit. It will explain the cultural differences between Parisians and, well, everyone else and it will make you laugh out loud and i promise you you will look around you in paris with renewed awe so students sit back pay attention and get ready to find out more about life in the parisian jungle according to olivier giraud and now the main event the good life francis podcast interview So, Olivier, we'd love to know, when it comes to Parisians, it's almost like we think of them as a separate race from the rest of the French, maybe the rest of the world. But what's myth and what's reality? I'm going to ask you about some of the cliches, and let's start with the famous arrogance of Parisian. Is that true or false? Are Parisians arrogant? We are all arrogant. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we, we live in the most beautiful city in the world. Uh, we speak uh, French without any accent. Uh, we have the best restaurants. It will be such a such a, a pity to, um, uh, to to be a nice person. So yeah, of course we're all arrogant. <laughs> well, you say that, but I have to say that some you know. of them are nice, but most of them, most of the time, if you see nice person in 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 Paris, if you ask them questions, they come from Provence. <laughs> well, I think you're nice, and I meet nice people when I'm in Paris. Yeah, when I'm, of course. There is when I'm nice traveling, people. someone always offers to help me with my suitcase up and down the stairs when I'm lost at the station. So, yeah, there uh, are pickpockets. <laughs> <laughs> careful, Janine. Thank you for that. It's not true, everyone. They're nice people. Yeah. <laughs> so, question two All Parisians are slim. This is what everyone believes everywhere around the world. And actually, I believe it too, because I was once in Paris having lunch at the Café de la Paix near Opera Garnier. And it's a famous restaurant. It's very gastronomic. And I was sitting there having a delicious steak chips and a woman sat next to me at the table and she was clearly French and clearly Parisians because she ordered a bowl of lettuce for lunch, just a bowl of lettuce, nothing else. And then she said, can I have the ketchup, please? And she put some ketchup on it and she ate nothing else for the whole lunch that I was there anyway. So true or false, are all Parisians slim? I, I would say that Parisians are quite slim. Um No, I used to live in America for five years. And when I came back to Paris, I was very shocked about uh, the Parisians. And I check all the numbers. Uh, like in Paris, there is only 10% uh, of the people who are overweight. And I think it's because the people run all the time. We are walking like more than five kilometers per day with the metro, all the steps. And Parisians are very careful about the food, um, even the, the food market. They try to, to, to find like a, a good product, uh, organic product. And, um, and we do not snack 
as well. And there was like a cliche of the Parisians every morning with uh, uh, the croissant, the French baguette, uh, the, the, the jam, uh, the, the charcuterie and the, the cheese. We try to be very careful about the food and the way we look. Yeah, it's a really strange thing because, you know, everybody, we all think everybody around the world that French people just eat croissants and, and chocolatines or pan au chocolat and, um, and Nutella spread thickly on toast and baguettes and cakes and wine and cheese all day long. But actually, no, it's uh, not. It's wrong. <laughs> yeah. So what do you have for breakfast? Uh, for, only a coffee. Um, Just a coffee. Only a coffee. A, a café allongé, which is like a kind of American coffee. It's like an espresso with hot water. Um, it's like typical Parisian uh coffee only and sometimes if i do have like guests in my house but some croissant but like three times per year or yeah three times a year yeah or four times who's eating all the croissants then (laughs) with the croissant uh i think that the the young people uh i think that the young like the the kids they love the pain au chocolat or you say pain au chocolat in paris Otherwise, in south of France, it's chocolatine. It's like a big war in France. There is the team chocolatine and the team croissant, you know, always fighting. Uh, the kids love the pain au chocolat, you know, after, after school. Uh, they love to have one. Otherwise, yeah, the tourists, they love uh, the French baguette, the croissant, the pain au chocolat. But for reasons, they, they eat not very often, I would say, the croissant. Blimey. Okay, I, I like a you, croissant Janine, for breakfast. Yeah, like- I love a croissant for breakfast, me. Me too, you don't, live in, uh, you don't live in Paris. No, I, I live go. in the north. <laughs> That's where the explanation is. Yeah. It's a Paris thing, folks. Yeah. So, question three. My friend Vanessa is a true Parisian. She works for the tourist office, actually, and um, yeah. she was born and bred in Paris, and she will never, ever leave Paris, she says. And she will never, ever wear any colour but black. Seriously, I've known Vanessa now for, I don't know, maybe 12 years, and I've never seen her wear anything but black trousers or a black suit or a little black dress when we're going out in the evening. Is this a Paris thing? Uh, Janine, yes, it is. Uh Concerning myself, like I, I wear only black, um, and sometimes no one is like, "Yeah, let's be crazy." I put some gray, uh, <laughs> you know, or, or dark blue. But I, I think Parisians <laughs> try to feel invisible, you know. Uh, and, and you can see, like, like in a in a metro, or you can see the tourists with the flowers and black and red, like a red, a pink, yellow. But Parisians, yeah, they try to uh, to put like a dark color. Wow, to be invisible. Is that because it's such a, a, a busy town? Well, you know, I it's not really a busy city compared to London, I suppose, or New York, which is, you know, quite a bit bigger. But I guess in terms of France, it's quite a busy, big city. And that and yeah. so being invisible is a good thing? I think it's a good thing. Uh, and and uh, like Coco Chanel used to say, I like the colour as long as it's black. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Do you wear black pyjamas? Uh, all the time, I and mean, in uh, black, black <laughs> or grey. What about pants? Pants, uh, dark blue jeans. Wow. Only okay. okay. And and on the theatre, it's only in black. So you push the the boat out with blue jeans and yeah. splash of colour amongst all the black <laughs> shirts and pants and socks. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Wow. I, I mean, I must say, when you're in Paris, you do notice a lot of people wearing black. So I, now I must assume that everyone wearing black is a Parisian and everyone not wearing black is either from outside of Paris or yeah. a visitor. <laughs> Next time you come to Paris, Janine, only in black. I'm, I'm actually going to Paris on Wednesday and I, I'm going to wear black and see if anyone thinks I'm Parisian. You have to. <laughs> 
So question four. Okay, this is from my uh, friend of mine who lives in London, and she said she went to Paris and she met. She was overhearing people in a cafe, and they were chatting, and they were saying, "Oh, Bobo, il est un Bobo, elle est un Bobo," and she said. And I hear this a lot from my Paris friends, and I, I think, well, what is this? She lives a bobo life. What is a Paris bobo? So a, a bobo, uh, the, the term bobo uh, is a mixture of two terms. Um, using the first letter to each word, like bourgeois, which means a rich person. Like the, the two first letters is B and O, so beau. And then uh, uh, bohème, meaning like bohemian. Uh, the two first letters is beau, so it's bobo. Translations like the rich person who live like a poor person. So does a bobo uh, eat croissants for breakfast? Uh, he can eat croissant, but uh, I think we love the croissant with the pumpkin seeds. This is really a, <laughs> this is bobo, and, and and the bobo is is kind of funny because you no, know, um, uh, is like uh, yeah, we have to find uh, or you have to we have to save the planet, for example. But yes. they, they go on holidays like uh, 10 times per, per year. They go to uh, a Iranian island. They go to America. They, they travel a lot. So um, uh, I think they, are, they save the planet only, uh, you know, with the friends or talking like this, but okay. they're not doing that too much. And do they wear black? Because that's not yeah. very bohemian. <laughs> not, yeah, they put some colors, the bobo. Ah. Yeah, a bit more colors and a bit uh, the flowers. You, you can find some in uh, close to um, Canal Saint-Martin. Yes. The 11 arrondissement, you can find them like every Sunday morning in the market and buying like 10 euros, uh, kilograms of apples. Uh, <laughs> they're so happy. It's like, yeah, it's a good quality, of course, for 10 euros. <laughs> you found some other 19 arrondissement, 20, and, and now uh, Montreuil. I don't know if you know Janine Montreuil. Yes, I uh, do. It's like a, a suburb uh, and a lot of bobo. So if you anyone listening, if you want to go bobo spotting, head to Montreuil or the 11th arrondissement and spot people wearing black clothes with a splash of colour and maybe eating croissants <laughs> for a true sight of Paris. Right, now this is uh, this might be a tough question, actually, because there, I think there are two different answers to this personally, but there is one answer that I have experienced, and it's about Parisian waiters. You know, if you read any magazines, if you read any website, someone will, about Paris, people will go, oh, Parisian waiters, they are so rude. Uh, they are so arrogant to clients. So uh, you would think that going into a restaurant, spending money by buying food, buying wine and dining there, that you would be treated really well. But how true is it that a Parisian waiter will be rude to a client? I would say that like in Paris, we have different kind of restaurants. Uh, if you go to a really high class restaurant, um, most of the time, I mean, 95% of the time, the, wa the, the waiter will be nice uh, because they, they have a big reputation and they have to be nice. Um, but if you go to a brasserie, it's for, even for Parisian, it's very hard to, to, to find a nice waiter. Like when you arrive, say, hello, how are you? Welcome. I think it never happened to me like in the past five years. Um, so, yeah, okay, I'll sit. Oh, we need two. And then oh, the, the, uh, the facial expression means like, oh, another guest. I'm fed up with this job. Uh, it's, I mean, we are used to. Um, that's why now Parisians, uh, guests are not nice as well. Um, but, yes, yeah, so, so many uh, tourists are very shocked about the, the, the way they, they are treated by the, the waiters. Yeah. But that's the pirate thing. It's, it's like this. And um, they are not too nice, but they can be fast and, uh, and you eat well. 
And, and the problem is like the tips are included in Paris um, or in France. So that means they don't have to be nice because the, the, <laughs> the service is paid already. In America, it's like, hey, hey, welcome to the Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> so they're very nice because then you give like 20%. Uh, in Paris, perhaps you can give a one or two euros if the service is good. But most of the time you leave nothing. You could go into a restaurant and they could just be absolutely awful for you and they're still going to get a tip whether you like it or not. So. Oh, yeah, there, there's some guests, you know, that they think the, the tips are nothing to it, so they add like 10 or 20%, even if the service is bad. So they don't have to be nice. <laughs> I haven't really had that many experiences, but I've had the look that you described, you know, where I've walked in and just asked for a cup of coffee and then they just look at me as if I've, I asked for something really unspeakable. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> rather than a cup of coffee. But you're right, they're fast and you get what you want. I think in Paris, you, you, you don't go to a restaurant for the service. You know, you, you go there and to have a good food and, and you know that the service is not going to be uh, outstanding, but we're used to. And, and, and uh, even like the tourists, uh, they have to be very careful. You know, when you order like uh, American coffee, most of the time they charge um, twice the price. They charge like a double espresso, which is like five euros. And if you ask for a Café Longer, it's 250 So, yeah, people have to be careful because they make double bonnet. I saw a sign once in a cafe and it said, um, if you ask for a coffee and you say, bonjour, un café, s'il vous plaît, you'll get it for one price. And if you walk in and just go, un café, you get it for a much higher price. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> I don't know if that's well, true, yeah. but uh, yeah. It's like true, to- but it's not in Paris. Because all the time I, I see this joke, it's like uh, one coffee, one euro. And in Paris, you, you can find a coffee and like two euro, two euro fifty. Should be in Provence. That's pretty good, actually. Yeah. Okay. So everyone, 95% of the time, you're not going to get a rude waiter in Paris. Simple yeah. as that. <laughs> Smile, say bonjour, say s'il vous plaît, and you're probably going to get a really nice, happy waiter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I reckon. Okay. This is, this is quite a tough one, I think, actually, because I, I don't know the answer to this. It's about shopping. Where does a typical Parisian go shopping for clothes? You know, I suppose we all think it's going to be the Champs-Élysées, which it's always full of shoppers, but I have to be honest, most of them do seem to be visitors. So I'm assuming that Parisians go somewhere else. Yeah, the, the Parisians, they, they didn't go on a Champs-Élysées or Champs-Élysées for the tourists. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because, yeah, the, the shops, I mean, there's not too many shops. It's only like a, a very expensive shops. Um, Parisians go to uh, Les Halles, uh, close to Châtelet. Yes. It's like a place you have like so many shops. Uh, or Rue de Rivoli. Um, now it's better because there's no more cars. Um, so, so it's, it's good. I would say like uh, Rue de Rivoli, then Les Halles. Uh, Rue de Rennes as well, in the sixth arrondissement. And, and if you have a lot of money, you can go to close to the Champs-Élysées, which is Avenue Montaigne. And you find like uh, Dior, Chanel, Jean-Paul Gaultier, uh, you know, expensive shops. Millionaire's row, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so do Parisians never leave Paris to go shopping? Oh, no, no, no way. <laughs> do, they, do they ever leave Paris? <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. Yeah, it's even for like all my Parisian friends, of course, we are friends in, in suburb. And for us, it's horrible to, to go to banlieue, to uh, suburb. <laughs> I feel like it's like so long. It's, it takes less time to go to Greece than going to suburb. You know? oh, so, <laughs> no, so all the strikes and, and uh, no, no, it's, yeah, it's, it's hard for Parisians going on now in, in suburb. It's, it's not easy for us. <laughs> okay. I, I became a real Parisian now. Yeah, real Parisian. Yeah. 
so from your experience, I mean, you, you said you lived in America for five years. So is shopping yeah. in Paris a bit different from shopping in America or anywhere else for that matter? Is Paris I, shopping and, you know, a special thing? Yeah. And uh, Paris, yeah, I mean, we, yeah, we, we shop a lot like people uh, like uh, going to shop like uh, on Saturday. They do a lot. Um, the service is like in a restaurant. It's it's funny, you know, if you go to America, it's like, hey, welcome to H&M. Welcome. My name is Christy. They're very nice. Uh, in Paris, it's different. I mean, you uh, you get in, you don't have to smile. You know, you look what you want and then you leave. It's kind of different. <laughs> it is different. I, I mean, I, I, w- yeah. I went into a shop in Paris and I saw this beautiful dress and I, I went in and I said, it was in the shop window and I said, oh, I really love that dress in the shop window. Do you think you have it in my size? And she just looked me up and down and said, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, c'est pas possible. <laughs> That's what she said. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. And, and, uh, and when you're Parisian and, and you go uh, shopping, uh, if the sales advisor asks you, yeah, do you need some help? Um, even if you need some help, just say, non, je regarde. Because you need to be alone, you know? You don't want to be disturbed by somebody. And uh, and if uh, later you need some help, you say, yeah, oh, come on, I need some help. Uh, and then the, the person come and will help you. But... Um, just look uh, alone and don't ask for any help. <laughs> just look at the clothes where everything is black in the corner. <laughs> Completely. Then you leave. Okay. So then you leave. And talking about leaving, <laughs> that's actually <laughs> my, ne- my next question. Where do Parisians go on holiday? I mean, we read, if you read magazines, that Parisians go to Ile de Ré or they go to Deauville. <laughs> Nowhere else in France do they go. Occasionally Provence. Like, yeah, Provence, yeah, but it's um, more common to go to uh, Deauville or Trouville. Deauville, I would say, uh, for example, for my, I, I don't like Deauville. Uh, it's all the rich Parisians going there. You know, you find all the, the, the shops, the Chanel, Jean-Paul Gaultier everywhere, all the, the beautiful cars. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't really like uh, Deauville, but cl- if you uh, cross the bridge, you have Trouville, uh, which is uh, the same uh, than Deauville, but when you have... Uh, bit less money than Deauville. And I think it's good, but the weather is not uh, amazing there. But Parisians go, yeah, yeah, like um, for a weekend or a long weekend, they go to Ile de Ré. Now, the, uh, Brittany is very famous now for for five years or everybody wants to go to, uh, to Brittany and they put like the... It's funny when the Parisians go to uh, Brittany, uh, they dress like uh, uh, people from Brittany, you know, the marinière, the shirt with the stripes, you know, and, uh, and uh, as I said, the, the, the boots... The plastic. Uh, oh, I think we call them Crocs. Oh yeah, the Crocs. It's yeah. it's kind of funny. You can see the Parisians in Brittany all look the same. Wow. So Parisians yeah. go on holiday and they fling off their black clothes and they put black and white or stripes yeah. on instead. <laughs> Completely. And, so, and then for the um, uh, the bobo, they love the camping. You know, the Parisian bobo. They go yeah. camping. They spend so much money for a little space in a camping, no water, no electricity. They pay so much money. They're very happy. Otherwise, uh, Parisians go to Greece now. Everybody's going to Greece, to the the Cyclades. Um, We all take uh, August holidays all the time. That's why everything is closed in Paris. If you're looking for a a bakery or even bank, or everything is closed in August most of the time. It's astonishing, isn't it? I, I I can't believe it sometimes when I go on holiday or I go out for the day in July or August and restaurants are shut and there's a sign on the door saying we are yeah. on holiday. And I'm like, this C'est is <laughs> <laughs> Yes, this is peak tourist season. How can you be on holiday? Yeah. So rest, 
hotels close in July and August. And I read yeah. somewhere as well, you saying about you know, everyone goes on holiday in August, but you, you are either a July person or an August person. And there is a name for this. And I, I find it almost impossible to say August in French. Uh, uh, if you go on holidays in, in uh, August, you are um, uh, Aussian. And yes. if you go on holidays in July, you're ju Juilletist. Wow. When they cross each other on the road, uh, it's a nightmare. And yeah. A, and a war as well. <laughs> Horrible, yeah, for sure. Wow, I'm, I'm beginning to get a picture here. It's either pano chocolat or chocolatine. You either go on holiday in July or you go in August. So there are two different tribes going on here. Yeah, the, and August is even more expensive. Uh, everything's so expensive in, in, in August, more than July. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, August, it's, it's because everybody, the, the, demon, the demon for like uh, renting are so high. So the price are, are, are crazy. If you can July, it's better. Okay. Thank you. So is there a word for um, the people that go on holiday in September? Because when I was in Bordeaux recently, there were lots of older people. And one of them said to me, oh, we are all the mammies and the pappies. We look after the children in the holidays and then we get our holiday in September. Yeah, so, that's the that... best time, you know, uh, June and, and se uh, September. It's very good. Is that mammy and pappy time? Is Completely. There... <laughs> no word for that mammy and, and papi and, and uh, i do have a daughter she's uh nearly eight now but when when she was younger we used to go on holidays in june and in september it's the best best time i like it September Super. too. i agree okay so i have another question and this is probably quite important for anyone who comes to paris on holiday and doesn't want to stand out like a tourist and some of us don't um is there one thing that you should do or that you shouldn't do that something that makes you stand out so that everyone goes, ah, you're a tourist. Uh, I would say, like I said before, Janine, uh, the way you dress, you know, um, try to put some black or gray. So many times I can see like tourists and, and you, you can see they are tourists. They are wearing like a, a shirt with like God bless America uh, with the cap in America. We trust. Uh, no, don't take this cap. Keep it uh, at home. And, and uh, if you see uh, very smiley people on the street, I'm sure they are tourists. Um, try, yeah, don't, don't even move your, your eyes or, or lips or whatever. Just uh, try to be depressed. Um, and, and the way you speak as well, you know, when you go to a bakery shop, a boulangerie, um, I notice it makes me laugh all the time. Um, uh, the tourists, yeah, we like, like the crepes, crepes. No, come on, crepes. When you say crepes, you're making three mistakes. Uh, it's not a crepe, it's a crepe, and a crepe, it's crepe, and, and it's one crepe, two crepe. Even if you write with the S, you don't pronounce it. So you say, when you say crepes, you're a tourist. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and the biggest mistake people can make is like, yeah, we love Macron. Uh, Macron is our president. Oh, and macaron is a pastry, you know? That's a, a, a big difference. Yes. I, no, I, I, I'm guilty of um, having friends who call him Macron as well. And Mrs. Yeah, Macron. Macron. <laughs> yeah. Emmanuel Macron and Brigitte Macron. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I totally get that one. It's quite funny you're saying about don't smile because um, sometimes I have to go to meetings with French people and then they always say to me, you smile too much and it makes us yeah. not trust you. <laughs> but I like to smile. I'm happy. Yeah. No. For me, you know, when I work in, in Paris in the street and I see people smiling, it's like, what happened? I mean, <laughs> why, why did, did she smile? What, what happened? And we feel like the, the person is weird. 
Um, so yeah, don't be nice. <laughs> so now we have learned from this. Always wear black. <laughs> have a cup of coffee for breakfast and nothing else. Never a croissant. Never a pan of chocolate. Uh, don't smile. Don't wear a baseball cap. Um, and you will be a Parisian. You can in smoke Paris. as well. You can smoke. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you can smoke as well. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I don't think I can condone that. Actually, Olivia, yeah. <laughs> on this on this show. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a quick question for Olivier as well, yeah. actually. Um, so you know America quite well, as we said before. Uh, yeah. Do you think you could also do uh, the show How to Become a New Yorker in one hour, for instance? Or only Parisians are uh, inspiring or funny or rude enough to write such a show? Uh, I'm not sure I will be able to, uh, to play the show How to Become a New Yorker. Um, because I've been to New York like twice or three times mm -hmm. but as a tourist. Um, and I think... To play this kind of show, you need to uh, to know the people perfectly. You know, like in Paris, I've been here for like the past 20 years. I spent perhaps two two hours per day in a terrace having a coffee and watching Parisians, watching tourists, watching expats. Um, and uh, I won't feel that comfortable to play the show How to Become a New Yorker because yeah. the Parisians very... Uh, Uh, different race. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fair enough. So it's a privilege for Parisians. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just Parisian. <laughs> Thank you so much, Olivier, for being our so first much, guest. Olivier and Janine. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank Merci, you very much. Merci, au revoir. Merci beaucoup. Okay, if you're lucky enough to be in Paris, book your tickets for Olivier Giraud's brilliant show How to Become a Parisian in one hour at his website, oliviergiraud.com, O-L-I-V-I-E-R-G-I-R-A-U-D.com. He also has a book of the same name, which is available on Amazon or from his website. Again, that's oliviergiraud.com. I actually give that book to all my friends who moved to Paris to help them fit in. It's really, it's really good fun. And a nice gift as well. Olivia Giraud, thank you so much for being our teacher today. You've taught us how to be a bit Parisian in less than an hour, and you've been a brilliant guest. Indeed. And now it's time for the Q&A session of the podcast. Got a question about France? Well, ask the experts. We reply to you in each episode, and we do it for free. As with every episode, it's the question and answer session time. And we have had quite a few questions this week. So if you don't hear your question, it might come up in a future episode. Today's question is from Nancy Tate from Cincinnati, Ohio. And she wants to know, is it true you should never turn up on time if you're invited to dinner with French people at their house? So, mm. Ollie, true or false? Uh, yes, I know this one. This is absolutely true. It's what we call uh, le quart d'heure de politesse. A bit similar to being uh, fashionably late, but in a good way. So you give uh, a bit more time to your friends or family to prepare dinner, for example. The key thing is that uh, if you can smell food cooking when you are at the door, have a 10-minute walk and then come back. Just to be sure, you should be okay. And uh, you can also bring a bottle or two for the aperitif. The famous, uh, you know, aperitif. So even if dinner is not ready, you have an excuse for being a bit early. It's, it is actually something that I learned quite early on when we first moved here. My neighbors invited us for dinner at seven o'clock and we turned up exactly the right time and rang the doorbell. And I could hear one of them saying, who could that be? And we were like, oh no, did we get the day wrong? But then they eventually answered the door after a few minutes and, and they apparently they said they were still getting dressed. And they just said, oh, you're early, even though I was bang on time. 
And I've asked many of my friends since then, French friends, why do you say dinner at seven, but you don't expect me to come at 7.15? And nobody (laughs) French knows the answer to this. You don't, I guess you don't know the answer to this. It just is the way it is. Exactly. There's no answers for everything. (laughs) It's just how it is. And we're proud of it. The answer is Nancy Tate. Don't turn up to dinner at the home of French people on time. Be at least 15 minutes late and don't apologize for being late. It is expected. The Good Life Francis podcast. Everything you want to know about France and more. So Janine, what's coming up next as we are um, arriving uh, towards the end of the podcast? Who have we got coming on the show for the next episode? Well, the next episode of the Good Life France podcast, we're going to be chatting to a British author and a stand-up comedian who lives in the lovely Loire Valley with his family and a menagerie of animals, including egg-free hens and goats that like to have staring contests. His name is Ian Moore, and when he's not making people laugh their socks off at comedy venues around the world, he writes. So far, he's written two brilliantly funny memoirs and a series of humorous murder mystery books based in France. He also makes chutney and jam. And I'm going to leave that there because it is quite strange. So tune in for the next episode. Subscribe to the podcast newsletter at thegoodlifefrance.com so you never miss anything. Au revoir. Speak to you soon. Thanks, Janine. And bye, everyone. It's been great chatting to you. Our entente cordiale British Janine in France versus French only in the UK. We'll be back very soon. Salut. The Good Life Francis podcast, available on all podcast platforms, on thegoodlifefrance.com, and on parischanson.fr. Hold up. 